to Totalus Rankium. This week, Valerian. Hello, and welcome to the festive edition of Roman Emperor's Totalus Rankium. I'm Jamie. And I'm Rob, ranking all the emperors from Augustus to Augustus, episode 39. Valerian. Valerian? See, I've heard of him. Yeah, we're into the juicy stuff now. Yay! Yes. We actually have some information. (laughs) Well, we get the story of Augusta back near the end of this episode. It cuts in right at the end where all the obviously made-up stuff is. So it's not actually very useful. He could fly! (laughs) Get pet dragons! um, I'll go into it a bit more detail later, but it's just a bunch of letters that made-up people have written to Sharpaw. That's all we've got. But we do have (laughs) the drunken men back. Good. Yes. Which is always nice. Right, okay. Word of warning to begin with. Mm. Dating is very hard in this period, and okay. a lot of stuff happens, and there are lots of theories of the order of things happen. Hmm. Rather than me trying to explain every single one, yeah. I've just decided to go with something. It's oh, right. <laughs> like, that order seems good to me, I'm going to go for that. But just bear in mind, some of these things might have happened in different orders, uh, and it's a bit hard to tell. So there, there isn't a definitive way, it's just, you've just picked, you just selected a path. Well, I, I, I did think we could have gone down hedging our bets, the academic route, make, weighing all the possible <laughs> ways this could happen, yeah. and then I realised, <laughs> I'm not in uni, I don't need to do that anymore. Yeah. I pick that one. <laughs> it's Fair our enough. podcast, let's do it this way. Yeah. <laughs> but with that caveat that, yeah, some things, if you go and read like a history book, you might find some slightly different ways that this could have played out, which I will highlight some of. That's all right. Yeah. Okay. So if, if you're listening you disagree, tough. Mm. Especially when I get to the bit with the dancing rhinos. What? It's just debatable, that's all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> no, there are no rhinos. Okay. They're elephants. <laughs> right, he was born Publius Licinus Valerianus. <laughs> that does sound like a disease, doesn't it? <laughs> Valerianus. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. Itchy. He was born in the reign of Severus. We're not really sure when. The three dates have been put forward, but all of them fall in the reign of Severus, so So I'm just going to say that. He's quite old, then. Yes. Very old. Yes. He was, unlike a lot of emperors that we've had recently, a well-respected senator from a senatorial family. This is not a usurping general that we're about to cover for a change. That's good. We know that he grew up. (laughs) The evidence is all (laughs) Yes, it is. We also know he married... Egnatia Marinania. Which is a good name. Egnatia? I'm going to say Egnatia. Marinania. How would you say that? Egnatia Marinania. Hang on. Mariniana. Mariana. Mariniana. There's too many N's and I's in there. Eggiem. <laughs> That's what we're called her, Eggiem. Eggiem. Yeah, so he married Eggiem at some point. In 218, he had a son. Write this name down. It will come up in the test. Gallienus. Gallienus. At some point, it would seem that he remarried, possibly, and had a oh. second son called Valerianus Minor. So Eggiem was thrown to the side. Sorry. I think she died? Uh, well, we don't even know if this happened. There's a, a theory that Valerianus Minor was a half-brother. Possibly he was a full-brother. So, let's say she died in a tragic cart accident. Oh, with those elephants? Yes. <laughs> Dancing elephants distracted the horse. She rode off a cliff. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were mid-tango. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, right. In 238, he was a well-respected senator. 238 should ring bells as a date. Because we that's stuck it, there for a while. Yeah, that's the year of the six, isn't well it? Well done, yes. Year of six emperors. He was a well-respected senator. He was, in fact, the princeps senatus. The head senator. Essentially, yes. It's a role that meant he was officially the most respected senator. <laughs> it didn't really have any actual defining responsibilities, no. but he okay. was just, like, the guy everyone looked up to. Yeah. There is some debate that this role actually existed at this point because it had obviously been the Emperor had this role since mm. Augustus, but it would appear it's kind of come back recently. Okay. Because the sources do indicate Valerian was this. It's, the trouble is, though, with one thing I do know about this period, that's when 
Jeff obviously became senator. Yes, actually, time, no, that was exactly at this point, wasn't it? Maybe it was. Remember, because remember, it was the wrong letter. He got yes, the wrong letter, it was. And yeah. they, they they couldn't break his heart when he came in all hopeful, <laughs> hold clutching his letter. <laughs> Rusty sword you finally him. accepted me. <laughs> oh. Okay. Yeah. So maybe it was Valerian who who went. Oh, he can stay. Mm. Oh, would you? It was Valerian who led the negotiations to allow the two Gordians to become the emperor. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. He he was very much in that faction, saying, "Let's fight against Thrax. We can't live with him." Okay. We don't have details, but presumably he was involved in the rise of Balbinus and Pupianus. Yeah. Although it could be that he was actually in another faction against them. He would have somehow been involved in all that, though. So he caused Albinus, and he caused Pupianus. Possibly. <laughs> he was a big player at this point. He would have been yeah, involved in true. some way. He next pops up when Decius attempts to clean up morality. Oh, yeah. If you remember, he turned to Valerian and said, Become censor, I will bring back the role of censor. You can clean up the Senate. Hmm. Valerian looked into the details of the position and realised that this essentially meant he would be co-emperor. According to <laughs> Gibbon, Valerian justly dreaded an elevation so full of envy and suspicion. He modestly urged the alarming greatness of the trust, his own insufficiency, and the incurable corruption of the times. So in other words, he said, it's a huge task. No one could do it but you. Plus, it's impossible that you've seen the Senate. <laughs> There's no way we can do this. No way in. Yeah, so he turns down the post of being censor, even though he was voted unanimously, apparently, mm. by the Senate. So he's well-liked. He probably also needs his weekends as well, additional workload. Yeah, he's got a lot on his plate. Mm. Yeah. You, you've got to really think before taking a promotion. You gotta consider all you, you know, how it's gonna affect your personal life. Yeah, are you taking that because you feel you should? Or are you taking it because you actually genuinely want to do the job? Because mm. you'll be taking it for the money because there is none. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. I, I don't want some copper discs, thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, like, like I say, he turned down the post. Probably a very wise move. Again, as Gibbon points out, a censor may maintain but can never restore the morals of a state. Mm. Which is essentially. My argument against Decius. All those it's, reforms he tried to do weren't going to work. No. It's very, it's very conservative thing as well. It's going back to the good old days, isn't it? Rather than... Yeah, with your rose tinted glasses. <laughs> yeah. Good old days that never actually existed. Yeah. yeah. Where everyone was dying of polio and smallpox. Yes. <laughs> Valerian decided it would be far easier to kill massive hordes of barbarians than try and eradicate public vices. In the Senate, so... That's quite funny, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd much rather go up into the freezing wastelands and fight six-foot giants <laughs> with battle axes and try and stop the Senate from sleeping around and drinking too much wine. So, uh, yeah, can I go up to the Rhine, please? Decius decides to send Valerian up. And Valerian goes up to the Rhine and takes charge of the legions there. Decius then, if you remember, dies in that swamp. Yeah. And Gallus yeah. takes over. Yep. I'll skip over Hostelian, because what's the point in him? Yep. Yeah. So Gallus takes over. Gallus was happy for Valerian to stay where he was, hmm. because Valerian was doing a good job up there. Yep. We don't know any details, but we can only assume that he was doing all right. Otherwise, Gallus would have removed him. Reliable. Yeah. In 253, Valerian's still up north, and word reaches him that Aemilianus has revolted and was marching towards Rome. Oh dear. Shortly afterwards, Gallus sends a letter requesting help. So oh, yeah. what does Valerian do? Got some options here. Three options you can okay. choose. Yes. Number one, he headed south straight away, but unfortunately, I don't know, weather or a flat tire or something delayed him. <laughs> Lost a shoe on a donkey. Yes. <laughs> Blow out on a donkey. That's <laughs> very dangerous. <laughs> oh, the mess. <laughs> Where's that from? Oh, I think it's an Eddie Izzard. <laughs> sure, he talks about a blowout on a donkey. <laughs> Two, he headed south, but he took his time on purpose. He pretended his donkey had lost his leg, or shoe, or whatever. That way he could help if it was really needed, but he didn't really want to get involved. See which way the wind's blowing. Yes. Number three, he decided from the get-go to do nothing at all, wait for Gallus and Emilianus to fight it out, then sweep in and take the empire for himself. I don't think it's the third one, because he seemed a bit anti that sort of power, didn't he? Certainly he has in the past. So that would surprise me. My bet would be the second one. That he was just a bit cautious. 
just take yeah just say i'm just gonna see what happens here because it's gonna be a massive fighty bloody battly mess so let me let me just let me see what goes on we genuinely don't know and there is mm. debate over which one of these if any is correct i don't know i think i think it is the third one i'm thinking really? he was biding his time before and now he thinks his time is right if not the third one i actually think it was the first one strangely it's the second one i didn't believe but that's really? what you've gone for no yeah. i think he either decided really let's go for it or it was just he couldn't make it in time. But he seems so cautious in the past. There's nothing so far in the vast amounts of research <laughs> that we have that suggests he's power crazy. He just yeah. earns work. He's respect. He's in a comfortable role. He's enjoying his role. He wants to go there. That's true. And and he's probably also thinking, well, if you know, we're just saying another empire into Rome, another massive army into Rome, he's going to cause more problems. Ah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Now I can see that he's just playing it safe, being sensible. Mm. Not wanting to start a full-blown civil war mm. between the Danube and the Rhine region. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I can go with that. Yes. Either way, once Valerian's troops enter Italy, yeah. Emilianus's troops give up straight away. <laughs> no! Kill Emilianus and say to Valerian, well, yeah, we're, we're served under you. It's fine. Fair enough. So there you go, Valerian, age 60, is now the emperor. So, let's dive into what he did as emperor, shall we? First thing he did is he took stock of the empire. <laughs> so he took a step back and gone, oh, let's have a look, shall we? Oh, dear. <laughs> Things to do. Everything. <laughs> yes, can I have a few scrolls, please? <laughs> Are you forming a book, sir? No, just a to-do list. <laughs> he noted... The plague was killing everyone. He also noted that money was not quite working how it should be. Yeah. Everything seemed to be a lot more expensive nowadays. Yes, when I was a lad, a loaf of bread was one sesterce. However, the more tangible threats were the ones that really occupied him. The Alamanni, you may remember me mentioning them, were invading the western Danube region. The Macromanni were coming into the central Danube region. Oh dear. The Goths were overrunning the eastern Danube area. In Britain and across the Rhine, the Saxons, <gasps> debut for the Saxons there, were starting to appear, particularly in the sea, very notorious pirate raids going on at this mm. time. Trade going between the mainland and Britannia were uh, very highly disruptive. Yar. <laughs> yes, they all spoke like that. Did, yeah. <laughs> Another debut in this episode. <gasps> Again in the Rhine region, the Franks. The Franks? The Franks start to appear oh. and invade. Gibbon, <laughs> I love this, he sums up the Franks in spectacular 18th century manner. Brilliant. Oh, because they, they loved the French in the 18th century, didn't they? <laughs> An inconsistent spirit, the thirst of rapine and a disregard to the most solemn treaties, disgraced the character of the Franks. Oh. <laughs> Those pesky Franks. <laughs> Yeah, they just loved lying and rapine, apparently. Slightly biased, I think, Gibbon's opinion there. Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. It's nice to see that objectivity in, yeah. in history. So, I mean, we've been talking about the Macromanni and the Alamanni for mm. a while, and the Goths have been in it for a few episodes, but now we've got Saxons, we've got Franks, we've got all sorts going on. It's all bubbling around the outside, isn't it? Just yeah. popping up everywhere. The Black Sea, also being crossed by Goths and other tribes. Oh, of course the Goths crossed the Black Sea, wouldn't they? Oh, of course they would, <laughs> yeah. Neither the Red One alone, the Dead Sea, but the Black Sea. Yeah. I don't know, they probably like the Dead Sea That's as true. well. Yeah, I've been a... there, it's very nice. Oh, have you? I've yeah. been in the Dead Sea, it's a very weird experience. It's very, very viscous, the water, because it's full of salt. Yeah. And you can't stand it, it's weird when you stand it's like, whoop, you just have to go on your back. Were you just standing next to a bath full of jelly? Possibly. It's happened before. <laughs> Was it green? <laughs> No, strawberry. Oh, right, that's uh... <laughs> right. So, all of those tribes, lots and lots of tribes, yeah. which we can just group in our lovely, ignorant way as barbarians yeah, yeah. from the north, because that's easy, isn't it? That's I, what the Romans called them. I do love reading the history books. There's always a bit near the start of modern historians <laughs> that go, obviously, they weren't all barbarians, but. I'm going to carry on using the terms because it's just a pain <laughs> knock on the barbarians. I don't have to do more research and finding out who they are. So if I actually if I actually say which tribe is which, no one will have a clue what I'm talking about. Yeah. So. <laughs> Lump them all together. Yeah, but to get that just gives you a sense. There's a lot of different groups of people mm, invading, of but all of them pale into insignificance when you think about the Persian threat mm. coming from the east. This is a big, mighty empire really starting to push 
into the Eastern Roman territories. So, Valerian was in a pickle, as they said back then. <laughs> it was yeah. a massive gherkin. <laughs> yes. He knew that if he dispatched generals to fight all of these off, then what are the armies going to do? Make him emperor. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Drop of a hat. Yeah, so he decides he's going to, as much as he can, use his family to be in charge of the armies. Oh, nepotism. Yes. Nepotism with a reason this time. Yeah. yeah. Beyond because it's my family. There's actually some thought put into this. He realises that this might actually stabilise things. Mm. So, his first move was to declare his eldest son joint emperor. Gallienus was in his 30s at this point, so was actually able to do some ruling on his own, which is nice. So Valerian decided that Gallienus would deal with the north while he went to deal with Sharpor personally. So we're going to leave Gallienus's side of the story there. Okay. And talk about it next week, and we're going to follow as much as we can Valerian. Is he the next emperor? Wouldn't want to give that away at this early stage. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> it was also announced shortly after this that Valerian II what? would become Caesar. Oh, Valeri- the Valerius one. This is, no, not Gallienus's brother. This is Gallienus's son. So Valerian's grandson okay. is now Caesar. It was fairly obvious he was going to become Caesar because he was called Valerian too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's just fated, clearly. Right, Valerian, our Valerian. Um, his movements are very hard to pin down, as I said at the start, but we're going to go for this. By 254, he was in the east. A man in the area had been declared emperor, but his own troops put him down as soon as Valerian arrived. Mm. So again, we've got uprisings. This might have been Uranus that I mentioned last week. It's hard to tell. Uranus or Uranus? Uranus. Uranus. That's how his name was pronounced with that emphasis. Valerian spent this time fighting off Persians and taking back several cities, including Antioch. Mm. So, third city's back in Roman hands. Yay! Hooray! Well, that's good. Yes, he has defeated Sharpor in battle. Sharpor's pushed away for a while. He spent at least a year here defending and rebuilding the region. But then news comes through that the Goths were making a major push into Asia Minor. Asia Minor being modern-day Turkey. Yeah. This was technically his son's job. His son was dealing with the barbarians, he was dealing yeah. with the Persians. But over 30,000 Franks had just moved into Gaul. Ooh. Looked around and went, you know what, I like, like the look of this place. Looks nice. <laughs> I could see us settling down here. <laughs> It'll never happen. It'll never come of anything, though. <laughs> yeah, so they, they moved into Gaul um, and actually ended up sweeping all over the place, yeah. even down into Africa. Oh, really? Yeah, um, but it, it, this was a big deal. Gallienus was sorting all this out, which we're going to a bit more detail next week, so he couldn't deal with the Gothic invasion. No. Also, at the time, a group of Germanic tribes had pushed into Italy itself. Ooh, really? Yes. Not great. So Gallienus was sorting that out as well. Larian realised that there was no way he could continue with his push against the Persians, so he moved up and defended Asia Minor and drove the Goths back. Fair enough, yeah. This does leave Sharpor not being pushed, however. Just bear mm. that in mind. Just holding him back a bit. Yeah. By 258, Valerian was in the Danube region, realising that the North needed both him and his son to defend it. However, some personal bad news then comes through, roughly around this time. The Caesar had died. Valerian II? Valerian II was dead, so oh. Gallienus' son dies. That's sad. Yes, that is sad. Valerian did not have time to grieve, however, because he received news of, guess what? <laughs> That's right, another massive <laughs> Gothic invasion coming around and across the Black Sea, running down into Greece as well as the Burani, this is another tribe that I've not mentioned yet, taking several cities in Asia Minor yet again. Nicomedia and other cities were lost in the area. Again, realising this was far too much for one person to sort out, he sent a general to fight the Goths in Greece, and he himself went into Asia Minor once more. Unfortunately. Oh, no. This is when a wave of plague sweeps through the army camps, Yay! killing off a huge amount of their forces. More plague. More plague. But Valerian pushes on and manages to chase out the barbarians. <laughs> Run away from plague. Run away! <laughs> well, yes, there is that. 
the Barbarians were getting plague as well, fortunately, yeah. so at least it was evenly matched. Just hideous for everyone involved. However... Oh. <laughs> Oh dear. During all of this, Sharpor has not been idle. Sharpor realised that the Romans were very weak at this point and mounted a huge push. Now, believe it or not, Sharpor had only been testing the waters so far. He'd been doing hit and run raids. At no point had he actually attempted to invade and conquer a Roman province. Yeah. It was all, let's go in, steal stuff, and go back. And he just found that actually the Romans can't stop him. So he was starting to take bits and pieces here and there, oh without really meaning to. This time, his plan was to conquer. He's oh coming in, he's taking over. So in 260, he invades Mesopotamia, this time to stay. The cities he took, he took harshly, completely sacking and killing everyone inside. Oh. Valerian, with his incredibly sick and weak army, have no choice. They've got to go south and fight. Could you imagine that speech to the troops? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, guys. The ones that are still alive, pick up your sword if you can. <laughs> Gather around. Can you hear me from there? Right, I'll do to stay there. Uh, that massive army, the biggest threat we've ever faced, right? we got to go and kill them. Who's with me? <coughs> Anyone? <laughs> <sighs> Give him a spear, he can, hold, he can stand himself up with it. <laughs> Yeah, so they've got no choice though, they've got to march down. So they do, they march down and face the might of the Persian Empire. Near Edessa, in Cappadocia, yeah. two sides meet. It's around this time that a messenger arrived. Yay! <laughs> Yay! It's that same really chatty, cheerful guy, <laughs> yes. <the> blue uniform. <laughs> yeah. Hello sir! It's me again! <laughs> Another letter for you! <laughs> oh, I feel he needs a name. <laughs> Timothy. Timothy, we've had a Timothy, haven't we? Have we? Roger. Ro Roger sounds good. That's, yeah, Roger the messenger. So, <laughs> Roger, Roger arrives with his sparkly blue uniform. Yeah, shorts. Yes. Little, little leather messenger bag on him. Little hat. Yeah. Hello, Sam. Good news for the barbarians. <laughs> because there's another barbarian invasion. Brilliant. Biggest one so far. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and another, another letter. <laughs> oh, sir, just before I leave you, <laughs> another one. Yeah, there was a major, and the word major was in italics, a major revolt in Gaul. This was so major, it actually looked like Gallienus was about to lose Gaul, Britain, and Spain from the empire. Oh, This is no longer just the east looking dodgy, the west is now looking dodgy. This isn't great. It's not great, is it? No. <laughs> Valerian, realising that they are in an utterly, utterly hopeless situation, asks to deal with Sharpor. Yes. Emperors have talked to Sharpor before. Yep. We're able to pay him off. Send the messenger. <laughs> Let's hope he will accept worthless hunks of metal <laughs> as <laughs> payment. <laughs> Some discs cut out of tin. <laughs> Sharpor agrees to meet to talk terms but insists that the Emperor comes personally. We don't do that. <laughs> Why not? In the first Star Trek film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as in, not, not the motion picture, the the, mo the recent reboot in 2009. Oh, right, OK. The captain of the ship, they get attacked by the Romulans, and he says, I want to speak to your captain to discuss terms. You've got to come on your own. The captain does, and oh, he's no. just held prisoner. Oh, no. Yeah. Who thought it? Who the thunk? <laughs> The Romulans, aren't they good guys? No, no, no. I thought Spock was a Romulan. No, he's a Vulcan. Oh, okay. They, they share a common ancestry, that's why they look the same. Not not due to low budget <laughs> costs or anything like that. Fair enough. Not, not dodgy makeup, it's there. I am looking forward to our mini-series on the uh, captains of Star Trek. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, Glorious. well, I'll learn so much. Right. <laughs> Such useful information yes. to have. <laughs> anyway, Valerian had not seen that film. And oh. thought that it must be a good idea to go and deal with Sharpor personally. So off he goes with just a handful of guards. Maybe just Jeff. Or oh. the younger. Well, he's quite old now. He's like in his 40s. Is he? I think so. No, no, because Senator yeah. Jeff, who died only a year ago, well, no, from was from... 50. So his son won't be 40. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I'm going to age him about 30. 30? Okay. So Jeff and the Emperor go off. Okay. 
Valerian decides he only needs one bodyguard. Although <laughs> well, no, I plead with don't take Jeff. God, don't <laughs> take Jeff. Valerian said, who wants to come along with me to speak to Sharpor? And the entire Legion took one step backwards apart from Jeff. And Jeff was there looking at his nails. <laughs> yeah. Sharpening his sword. Oh, thank you, Jeff. I knew I could rely on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> come. So... Off they traipse across the sand, yeah. off to Sharpaw's tent. They arrive, they're past several guards with sharp swords and yeah. spears, more guards, more yeah. guards. They finally get to the tent, they step in, and there's Sharpaw sat across the desk with his fingers arched and oh, touching, yes. twiddling his moustache and laughing manically all at the same time. I'm not sure how you do all those things at the same time, but that's what he was doing. That's fantastic. Yes. White white Persian cat. <laughs> of course, Persian yeah. cat. <laughs> Going between his legs. Yeah. I've been expecting you, Valerian. <laughs> Do you turn around so as he enters? Yeah. Valerian, you will be shocked to learn, yeah. was taken prisoner. Was he? <laughs> he was. Without their leader, the army was routed. Mm. The Romans lose terribly. This is a first. Valerian is yeah. not considered emperor from this date. Oh, really? No, because he got captured. captured. Of He's course. no longer the emperor. So the emperor is now Gallienus. Yes, who has been the emperor for a while. He's been yeah, joint yeah. emperor. But now he's sole. Uh, now he's sole emperor. We don't know what happens to Valerian after this point. Really? No. That's very interesting. But there are theories. Of course there are. Yes. As Gibbon says, the particulars of this great event are darkly and imperfectly represented. I mean, we have no idea what's no going on. No idea, but but let's let's see. You've got five options to choose from. Yes. Okay. Let's sort this out once and for all, shall we? So, option number one: Sharpaw enslaved him. Yep. Oh, sorry. I needed to use a full stop there. That was the end of the sentence. Sharpaw enslaved him. Okay. Yeah. Eutropus, writing 100 years later, said, Valerian was overthrown by Sharpaw, king of Persia, and being soon after made prisoner, grew old in ignominious slavery amongst the Persians. Okay. So he just grew old as a slave. That's option one. Option two, this is from a very anti-Persian source. <laughs> yeah. Those damn heathens. Yes. Yeah. So just, just be wary. All right. Apparently Valerian was used as a footstool <laughs> by Sharpaw. While he was alive or taxidermied? <laughs> we'll get on to that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> While he was alive, he was used as a footstool to get onto his horse or just to put his feet up after a long day. <laughs> yeah. That's what I would do, to be fair. Valerian, according to the same source, then offered a huge amount of gold for his release. Sharpaw then poured molten gold down the old man's throat. This is just Game of Thrones now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Number three. Same as before, but slightly different. Instead of killing him with gold, he was flayed alive. Or dead. <laughs> do, do you know what flaying is? It has something to do with popcorn and cheese, isn't it? Not, not quite. No? No. You've been watching your torture documentaries no, no, again, no, haven't I you? No, I learned this. I went to this Harold London and they described <laughs> what flaying actually was. Because in my head, I thought it was just like slicing bits of skin off. That is what I had in my head. Yes, you, you, it's, you skin it's, someone, don't you? Yeah, you literally peel all their skin off. Yes. Yeah. And you get rewards if you can do it all. Oh, a bit like when you're opening an orange, and if you take the yeah. centre, like the equator of the orange, and then take the two yeah. halves off, and yeah. you make a little elephant mask. What? Have you never done that? <laughs> no. It doesn't work with an orange, it comes off with bits. Next time you've got Satsuma, yeah. go around the middle, yeah. and then take the two yeah. hemispheres off. Then you end up with two hemisphere eyes right. with a long strip, like oh, a, yeah. okay. looks like an elephant's mask. Right. Some of the more immature people around you might say it looks like something else, but it doesn't. No, it's an mask. It's like when you're peeling an apple. You know, when you when you like you're slicing the skin off an apple, yes. and, you, and you get all the way at the end without it breaking. It's like an achievement. That's what flaying was. Yeah, so that's what they did to him. But apparently, there were times when it successfully happened. The person did obviously didn't live very long, probably died of shock and <laughs> yes. obviously infection. But yeah, but yeah. yeah, it's possible. Well, according to Ooh. this source, the skin was removed very successfully and was stuffed. Taxidermy. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> Valerian then stood in Sharpaw's room as a trophy. 
I'd like to think holding his arms out so a tray could be placed. Shalpour <laughs> <laughs> gets in after Hand a hard day. Yeah, <laughs> hard, hard day of battle. He just picks up a <laughs> glass of wine from Valerian's outstretched hand. He chats to him when he's bored. Oh, fantastic. Just helps him think. Puts his cloak on him, <laughs> hat off, puts yeah. his cane. Puts a Santa hat on him at Christmas. It's all sorts of fun. It's a bit of... You could argue it would be a bit of a mood killer, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> I don't know. If you're a Persian, you finally killed a Roman emperor. Yeah, yeah I guess so. Don't forget, the Romans have been going in and sacking Tessaphon every five minutes for the last few hundred years. True. Persians, not too happy with the Romans. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, number four. He was killed and given a burial. It's a bit boring one, that one. <laughs> yeah, not that one. <laughs> Number five, this is the most modern theory, but it's a good one. Valerian and some of his army, about 70,000 troops, were conscripted to build a series of canals and dams, most notably the Bandicazar, or the Dam of Caesar. This is the most eastern-lying Roman dam and bridge in the world. The theory how it got there is that it was actually Romans that built it under duress. So this is very much like a... Bridge over the River Kwai. Mm. <laughs> for, for Romans. <laughs> I, I don't believe that. Well, there's a lot of evidence to support it. The, the engineering is clearly Roman. Romans clearly built this down yeah, the bridge. Probably, well, when the Persians built invading, at that time. But the Persians are invading. They're stealing their ideas and all that's nice. Let's have one of them. If the Romans get we can do it better. I, I imagine it's that mentality more than... Well, if you've captured 70,000 men, what are you going to do with them? Did they capture 70,000? Oh, yeah, they beat the army, didn't they? Yeah, go and put, put them to, to work and work. build a bridge. Yeah. Yeah, or a canal. That's what I would do. That's what the Japanese did. In a very bizarrely famous film. Have you ever seen that film? Uh, I know of it, but I've never seen it. (sighs) Maybe. I'm older now. I (laughs) saw it when I was a teenager. It was so boring. Maybe I'd appreciate it more now. It was just full of British people complaining about conditions in prison of war camp. <laughs> I'm terribly sorry, I don't appreciate being treated this way. <laughs> yeah, it just... <laughs> I don't know, maybe we need it's to the kind of thing it. that they were topless and, you know, guard would hit them or something, they'd, they'd punch them back and not have any repercussions, that kind of thing. I don't feel like it really genuinely summed up what it must have been no. like to be in a Japanese prison of war okay. camp. <laughs> <laughs> Can't help but feel it was perhaps a little bit grimmer. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going for option three. You're going for option three. The flaying and the taxidermy. The flaying. That is also my favourite. The the gold poured down the throat is a nice one. Um, It's a waste of gold, though. Waste of gold. Yeah, I'm going to take three as well. Okay. He was stuffed. (laughs) (laughs) Flayed alive, stuffed. Yes. And turned into a coat hanger. Yeah. However, there are many different things. So to sum that up, and it could be any of these, he either grew old in prison, he died died horribly, died even more horribly, or became a construction site manager. <laughs> <laughs> Little hard hat over there. <laughs> yeah. So, take take your pick. We're going for the flag. Right. Okay. So, that, that's his life. Yeah. That's Valerian. Mm. Bit more interesting than we've had recently. I think far more successful as well. Yeah, honest. yeah, definitely. Considering what was going on. Well, yes, that's it. The Empire's still... In serious trouble, but at mm. least you're starting to see some pushback here. Little addendum to this week before we rate Valerian, though. Sharpour continues to take city after city. Yeah. The east is now falling. Oh As if the first domino has been pushed. There's no stopping it now. The de facto ruler of the desert city of Palmyra. Yeah. This was a man named Odonathus. He was keen to show Sharpour that he need not pick a fight with Palmyra. Just just leave us alone, we'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, we've got strong ties to the Roman Empire, but look, we're, we're just, shh, just pretend yeah. we're not here. We don't really want anything to do with this. So he sent Shapur a kingly gift. We're not really sure what it is, but a lot of camels uh, needed to carry it. So lots of jewels or yeah. maybe a new fridge or something. Maybe a house. Maybe a house. A brick house. Yeah. Thousands of camels underneath holding it. <laughs> yes. The gift was very generous. Yeah. We know that much. Whole house is, isn't it? However, the note that went with it was not <laughs> deferential enough for Sharpaw's liking. Oh. No. Odonathus, despite being right on the edge of the empire, was kind of technically Roman. His family were members of the Roman senatorial class. But as they're right on the outskirts, 
in an oasis city in the desert. It wasn't really fully Roman, and it wasn't fully Persian. It was kind of on its own. Yeah. It was also a hugely important trading post. Okay. Because to get through the region, you have to get past Palmyra. Yeah. It's the only place you could it's stop. It's like a hub. Yes. Area. So it was rich. It was a powerful city. But bear in mind, it is still just a city here. Yeah. So Odenathus does not want to pick a fight with Sharpur. He realises that the Romans are on the way down, so he starts sucking up to Sharpur, but Sharpur's having none of it. Okay. Sharpur sends a note back to Odenathus saying that unless the leader of this puny town bows down before him and acknowledges him as king of kings, Sharpur would crush Palmyra into dust. Okay. What do you think Odenathus does? He turns to his butler and says, fetch my knee pads, please. Oh no. Little does Sharpor know that this is possibly the greatest mistake he ever makes. Because Odenathus is about to display some fightiest Maximus skills that eclipses possibly even Julius Caesar himself. Really? Oh yes. But that must wait till next week. Oh, because man. that's after Valerian dies and Valerian's dead. But there's going to be a lot to fit in next week. Um, so I'm going to introduce you to Odenathus now. So Odenathus, he, he's, he's about to make a mistake here, he's about to succeed. Or Sharpaw's Sharpaw's made a mistake by wow. not allowing Odenathus just to sit there quietly, which is Ooh. what Odenathus wants to do. Mm. Odenathus is just a rich man in a city in the middle of the desert. But he doesn't, he doesn't take it lying down. No, he does not. Ooh, sounds fun. Yeah, it is fun. Unfortunately, he does not get his own episode. Because he would be scoring highly. <laughs> He's not far off getting his own episode, as you'll see next Ooh, week. I was almost tempted bending the rules just to give him one. No, no, we can't we bend the rules. Aggressor, so we can't, we can't bend the rules. Right, okay. Let's go back to Valerian, though, and rate him. Fightius Maximus. Okay, before we rate his Fightius Maximus, let's uh, get a little sense of what it must have been like to be involved in these barbarian raids. Yeah. Okay. We have some letters written by Greg. Oh, great name. Yes. <laughs> or also known as the Bishop Gregory Thaumaturgus. Okay. Yeah. Greg's. Uh, Greg's. Greg. Yeah. These are letters discussing what to do from a religious point of view hmm. if you're the bishop of a region that's been involved in the barbarian raid. Yeah. So, he writes, discussing things about whether Christians should be allowed to pray with women who had been raped in the attacks. Um, yeah. Arguments are put forward on both sides. Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'd say one argument was stronger than the other, personally, but um, yeah. it doesn't really clearly show which one Greg prefers. Mm. But, yes, yeah, so there was definitely an argument that the women had lost their virtue. But there was also the argument that it wasn't really their fault, so maybe we should... Uh, <laughs> Let them off. Yeah. But it gives you gives you an idea of what it must have been like for the women of the time. Not pleasant. No. Also, he discusses what to do with people who joined the barbarians in looting. And I'll quote, It seems right to excommunicate such men, lest wrath descend upon the whole people, and first upon those in authority over them, who make no inquiry. So, mm. get rid of them, just in case God blames us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Throw them off the cliff. <laughs> Yeah, that was something I hadn't really thought of. The locals actually joining in the raiding. Yeah, but yeah. apparently it happened. It's like, it's like when you know we had the London riots a few years ago, two thousand ten. Yeah, or however long ago it was, and then and people just rioting shops just because people were protesting. Just, why just not for fun? Yeah, I was in Poland during the London riots. Hey. I watched it all on TV, and uh, thinking, thank God I'm not there. <laughs> yeah, I got out just in time before they lock the island down. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, that was just being in Polish bars and lots of people looking at the TV, just shaking their heads, going, huh, oh, the English. And you're going, hey, yeah, yeah, uh, merci. <laughs> yes, that's my, that's my Polish accent. Yes, it's your French, German, and yeah. Russian. Incidentally, visit Krakow, listeners, if you've not, an amazing place to go. Time to go. Yeah. Right. Also, Gregory wondered what to do with people who aided the barbarians but didn't join in. So mm. these are people who went, what, you need somewhere to raid? Oh, just down there, left at the first lights, but then there's a slip road. You're going to have to be in the right-hand lane. Mm. So then it, it bears rather than turns. It bears yeah. right, 
And then fourth fourth exit on the next yeah. roundabout. When you reach the post office, you're there. It's brilliant, brilliant village to raid there. What? What this? Oh no, this behind me. That's um, that's nothing. Just a, a, a hut. That's an unusually shaped forest. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, no, there's definitely nothing there. No, I'd go that way if I were you. So, those <laughs> those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gregory suggested they they be shunned essentially, but ultimately we'll let the gods decide on that one. That's that's nice. Yeah. Rather than we'll kill them, it's a yeah. Well, God will have his final punishment on you. Yeah. Then <laughs> it's discussed what to do with those that did not join the barbarians, but still did some looting of their own, Ooh. which is a subtle distinction, but obviously an important mm. one for people at the time. Yeah. So they weren't running around with the barbarians killing people, but they... But they see a smash-up window, they yeah. just happen to might take the rope that's hanging out. They've been looking at Bill's donkey next door for a while. Oh. That's, that's a good donkey, isn't it? I fancy those hooves. Yeah, whilst, whilst Bill's busy trying to fight off hordes of barbarians, mm. I'll... Uh... Take the hooves off the donkey. Yeah. Leave the rest of them chained up. Yeah. So they were allowed back as long as they repented and offered restitution to those they'd stolen off. <laughs> yes. Those that just found stuff lying around, it fell off the back of a lorry on its dove. Yeah. <laughs> those people, they were also let off as long as they offered restitution. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it 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 gives an interesting insight to it these is. raids. It's what people were having to deal with afterwards. Not only oh dear, we've just been murdered and everything's <laughs> been stolen, but how do we actually deal with this as a society? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting stuff. The Goths sacked Athens along with many other major mm. Greek cities at this time. A recent discovery even suggests that there was a battle in Thermopylae. Ooh. Yeah, very much like in the film 300. Great film. Yes, there were, I don't know, monsters galore. Yeah, man with saws for hands. Yeah. Glowing eye wolf. You can only imagine if the people who made 300 did that invasion, what the gothic hordes would look oh, like. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm thinking Matrix. They already had enough fun with their borderline racist depictions <laughs> yeah. of Persia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the goths would be amazing, I'm sure. <laughs> Right. <laughs> anyway, that's a general feel of what it's like at the time. So let's look at Valerian. He won victories in the Rhine. Yes. Just before he was emperor, he went up north and he won some victories. Remember, he's not actually a general. He was a senator. Yeah. But he, he worked well in the army when he got there. He then won a mini-civil war against Emilianus. <laughs> not um, sure if I can win. really yeah. claim that as a fightiest Maximus point. But it shows how... Dominant he was. Yes, it does. I and suppose. it gives the impression. And smart military thinking, not going down until after. Yeah. The two sides have knocked each other out. A yeah. Bit. He's like the vulture. Yeah. Pick at the carcass when it's done. Yeah. Right now, now the the meat. He beat back Sharpor for a bit. <laughs> That's still impressive, though. It is still impressive because the east was falling rapidly at this point, and he slowed that tide down. Yes, yeah, so. Sharpor's being fought against. He also then fought back many, many invasions from Goths and Germanic yeah. tribes, and he spent his entire time as emperor fighting, and generally was very successful right up until the point where he got caught. Well, got caught, offered himself. Yeah. Come and see me, please. No. Yeah, okay. No other emperor in Roman history is captured. It's true. He is the only one. <clears throat> Have people thought of it from the perspective of he did it? To slow it down, he sacrificed, sacrificed myself himself. so that they can escape. Although it didn't work, so no. captured. That's but... so. I'll sacrifice myself. Okay. Emperor, have you thought this through? They'll just take you and then they'll take us. No, I don't want to hear it. I'm going. Don't try and talk me out of it. Um, but there's no point in you going, Emperor. No! Jeff, I've made heal. up my mind. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he just. I mean, by this point, everything. Was falling apart. This is essentially rock bottom. Yeah. He, he hears that not only has the West fallen, others begun mm. to fall, because I'll go into that in detail next time, but he knows that he cannot beat Sharpaw in the no. East, and there's now huge invasions of barbarians still going on. So, I mean, let's face it, if you didn't know that we were coming out of the crisis, you'd assume this was the end, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, it's not good. But I think he slowed the tide down slightly. 
I, I think he's done very well for this. Considering what we've seen recently. He's just holding, he's brought, he's brought stability. Well, I wouldn't call it stability. He's, well, he's, he has, he's, he's, he's put sort of a physical military wall there. He's at least stopping the tide coming in. He's even pushed back a bit. I mean, that wall did break and collapse. But it, but it, it held was, it for was, a while. But he's going to because of the plague anyway, you could argue. Mm. That's not, that's out of his control. He, he can't stop smallpox. <laughs> Why not? Jenna's not born yet. <laughs> um, I'm yeah. quite. I want to give him. I want to give him seven. Seven. I'm going above five for the first time in yeah. a long time. Yes. Um, I'm not sure if he deserves a full seven, but actually no, because it is impressive. He did Considering a lot of everything fighting. going on. No money, the plague, and the amount yeah. of invasion from every possible side. Yeah. He's made good decisions on putting his son in charge as well. Yes. He was holding them back a little bit, so he got overwhelmed. That's why okay. I'm giving him seven. No, I'll go for that. You've convinced me. Okay. So that is an amazingly high 14. Already he's beaten the past like 15 emperors <laughs> yes. on that score alone. Approvium Crazium. Oh, look, I've had to turn a page as well. Oh, wow. His first few weeks have actually used more than one page for an emperor. <laughs> okay, listeners who already know a bit about history of the Roman Empire will have noticed I've left something out, because I've just left it for this section. Oh. The persecution of the Christians. Yay, they're back again. <laughs> yes. If you remember, Decius upset the Christians by forcing them to sacrifice, uh, which they didn't want to do. No. 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 So everyone had to make a sacrifice apart from the Jews. Uh, Christians went, well, that's not really fair, is it? So Decius killed them. Oh. Yeah. yeah. It was likely, as we've discussed, that this wasn't really directed at the Christians, but the Christians certainly suffered at the time. Yes. Right. Valerian, however, did target the Christians. Oh. Yes. Christianity, as I've said before, rapidly growing in this time. Possibly due to the message of hope the religion gave. Because... <laughs> It'll get better. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry if you die of smallpox. You'll go to a better place. Uh, a message of hope in religion just seems automatic in religion nowadays. That's what our global religions show. Peace, yeah. love and hope and forgiveness. Whereas that really wasn't the case back in Roman times. It was, there are gods deal with it. And then punishing this... you, they're torturing you like a challenge. <laughs> yeah, like this religion comes along and says, oh, it'll be fine. It's all okay. So people started yeah. moving to Christianity in droves. So Christians have been around for about 200 years at this point, but in the last 40 years or so, it really starts to appear in all sections of life. Yeah. You've actually got some high-up people in government who are Christian. Oh, really? Yes. The popes in Rome, as mentioned before, not popes as we see them today. They didn't have a pope-mobile, but they're still <laughs> fairly important people. Yeah. Valerian had dealings with Christians in his early life. There's nothing to suggest he has anything against Christianity as a religion mm. before he's the emperor. Oh. <laughs> However, once emperor, he decided that Decius's attempts to appease the gods actually was a good idea, and they should carry on doing that. That's clutching at straws, isn't it? Yeah. In 257, he suddenly announced that senior clergymen must make sacrifices or suffer the consequences. Within a year, he issued another edict announcing that all Christians also must do this. So this really is targeting the religion here. It seems so sudden to many Christians that Valerian had changed and just suddenly targeted yeah. them that a rumour started that an Egyptian magician had actually bewitched him. Yeah, <laughs> which is a bit odd, yeah. since he never went near Egypt. No. But <clears throat> why not? <laughs> More likely than the magic man from Egypt. Valerian, like Decius, was just looking for anything to help at this point. Yeah. Yet again, who can society blame for their ills? Everything's falling apart. Yeah. Who do you blame? The minorities. The minorities. General public found it far easier to blame a small group of actual people that they could see rather than these largely abstract ideas of political, economical, migrational, and biological yeah. tides. And then wars hundreds of miles away. Yeah. So let's blame those people who live down the street but look slightly different to us. Yeah. It must be their fault. Let's not actually ask questions. No. No. Remember, of course, this was nearly 2,000 years ago, yeah. so people did stuff like that back then. Yes. We wouldn't be so stupid to do it nowadays. Of course not. <laughs> no, we've, we've matured as a We have. It was far better. Far, <clears throat> far better. Also, if you were Christian and in the civil service, you lost your job. Oh. So all people working in the government who were Christian, if they didn't convert, 
they were out. Christians that did not essentially renounce their religion were placed into slavery and their property confiscated. Clergymen were simply killed. Pope Stephen, that's a good pope name, <laughs> Pope Stephen I and then Pope Sixtus II were killed at this point. Yes, along with other high-up clergymen, including Bishop Cyprian, a very famous bishop because we've Cypriot. got lots of... No, he's from Africa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not from Cyprus. That's yeah. just his name, bizarrely. Yeah. Um, yeah, the plague that we've been talking about so much yeah. is called the Cyprian Plague ah. because he described it, so it's named after him. Oh, that's yeah. a weird honour. Nice, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he'd be very pleased about well, that. Well, that's, that's why it was... Um... The smallpox was called smallpox after George Smallpox. Yes. The well-known Roman yeah. scholar. Yes. <laughs> so he's ramped it up. He's ramped up that persecution of the Christians. He put fuel on that fire, didn't he? Now, was this because of a personal vendetta against the Christians, or was he just moved by the tides of public opinion on the Christians? I have a feeling it's the public opinion. I have a feeling. But ultimately, does it really matter? I mean, No, he still did it. Because <laughs> he still did it. It doesn't yeah. matter whether he's just doing it because it's what the masses are saying so you know um, he's not being cruel in a crazy way that clicker and uh, all the others no were. there's a reason behind it it's not a reason that i can personally understand or want to justify though but it's not crazy but it is certainly a problem so mm, I'll, i might give him a four or five yeah it's it's fairly high isn't it from what we've seen recently it's not up there with the the crazy ones four yeah, I think four. Four makes sense. It's quite easy to be pulled in because we have been brought up yeah. in a Christian society, although I'm not necessarily Christian myself. Mm. Not even necessarily. I'm just not. But uh, that that bias will still exist. Yes. So, yeah. Would we be going, ooh, that was terrible? Well, Decius is still remembered, isn't he, in some churches? Yes, Decius is because of... vilified. Valerian less so, bizarrely. Did but... he kill, was there more killed under his watch? Or did he just carry it on? Uh, it, we can't tell because the numbers weren't recorded, but what we mm. can tell is that Valerian actually targeted Christians, Decius didn't. Mm. Aye, However, Valerian was a well-respected senator, and who <laughs> writes the histories? That's true. Yes, so that is a total of eight, then, for Approbium Crasium. Successus Ultimus! Oh, dear. So, Successus, um, he held back... Thing, um, <laughs> but it's still at rock bottom. Uh, not great, really. You're not far off. Uh, no, that's okay. a good prediction of yeah, what I was right. going to say. Um, Rome's still going downhill, but yeah. not as fast. It's like that little curvy bit just just before you level out. <laughs> yeah. That's where we are. <laughs> yes. The East was not lost. That's true. Because of him, he saved the East for a bit. <laughs> yeah. I'll put East not lost yet. Yeah. He seemed to have a plan for sorting out the Empire, which we've not seen for a while. That's it's not true. necessarily a good plan. It was firefighting, it was rushing around trying to put out fires and forcing Christians to make sacrifices. It's the most stable I've seen it for a long time, though. It's definitely better than it's been. Mm. Yes. As long as you're not a Christian. <laughs> he was well-liked. He was respected, wasn't he? He was well-respected, so there must be a reason for that. He must have been fairly successful. The Historia Augusta. <gasps> yes. We've, we've finally got a quote. And another thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I said to him... <laughs> he came to power not in riotous assemblage of the people or by the shouting of soldiers, but solely by right of his services and, as it were, by the single voice of the entire world. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. I've missed that. <laughs> Yeah, apparently everyone just loved him to bits. Yeah. Aww. Including the, the two popes he killed. <laughs> yeah. They're like, yeah, go ahead, Valerian. You're a good guy. <laughs> I'm taking up too much oxygen as it is. <laughs> yeah, so um that that's his good. His bad. He showed once and for all to the Persians that Rome was there for the taking. <laughs> Losing to the Persians and dying in battle is bad enough. Being captured alive. That's the first time it's happened, like you said. It's the only time it happens. Oh, okay. Yeah. You could, well, you could argue he retired. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's an extreme retirement, but... 
Maybe that's what he did just before he went over. I retire. Where <laughs> shall I go for my retirement? I, I hear Tessaphon's nice this time of year. <laughs> well, it's lovely. <laughs> yeah. Um, how successful was he? I think he's actually quite... Considering everything's going on, he's, he is quite successful. Because you, you can't really compare it to, say, Augustus or to Severus or to Marcus Aurelius, like the Golden Age. You can't really compare it to that because it's so screwed up from previous events. Yeah. From everything that's happened, he's, I would say, quite successful. That's my two pence. Okay. Is there a score attached to that? I'm thinking... I think I actually wanted to be quite generous. I'm thinking seven. Wow, that's high. I, I was thinking he's holding more, it together. I was thinking more five. I'll take it down to six. He's holding it together just, and actually he doesn't in the end. But he did for such a long time. He did for a while. See, I'm biased because I know what happens next. Ah, yeah. So I'm really trying hard not to ruin things. I'll, I'll give him six because I'm, I'm quite impressed by how he's held held it all together. Yeah, okay. you know what? You've convinced me. I'm going for six as well. Not convincing in this episode, it's great. Yes, pretty much aligned with all of them, haven't we? So that's a total of 12 for Successus Ultimus. Image of So you've gone for someone looking quite shocked with a beard. Yeah. Okay, that's what he looked like. Ah, no beard. No beard. He looks like <laughs> Titus, though. He's got the same square hair, doesn't he? Receding hairline. Yeah. No beard. Looks quite fierce, though. Ooh, looks quite, looks quite strict. Looks powerful. Yeah, you're quite impressed with him. I would follow him. him. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I'm impressed with him. I would follow him. What are you going for, then? I'm going to give him a, a seven. Seven? Oh, I'm only going to go for five. Really? How yeah, come? I'm not as impressed. Um, I don't know. He does look quite impressive, but he also looks like he could work in the local IT department. Possibly. Yeah. I'm trying not to be swayed by what I know about him and just judge on appearance. He's not someone I'd cast as the hero in a film. I don't know, he's got that sort of um, Patrick Stewart look about him. No, I suppose so. Graceful, but, you know, powerful. That's a total of 12. It also takes us to 12, which is easily divisible by 4. 3! So that is a total of 3 for Imago Facius. Temple completed. How long do you think he lasts? Oh, it's about 8 years. Oh, not bad. Not 7 bad. years. 7 years. Seven years, which in this age of Roman history is phenomenal. It is from 753 to 260. Did you say 753? Yes. Oh, sorry, did I say seven times? Bizarre one. 253 to 260, which in this day and age is amazing, isn't it? It's phenomenal. So seven years divided by eight gives him a score of 0.88. So we have our final score. (gasps) Oh my goodness. We've actually got a real score again. <laughs> and it's over ten. <laughs> yes. Did I? Did we count that up right? We've not got our spreadsheet today for uh, reasons I won't bore the listeners with. Yeah, 14 out of 12 is 16. Add 8. 36. Yeah, no, it is. I'm just amazed at such a high number. It is 37.88. We're almost scraping that 40 again. We are. It's a lofty height. That is, and unfortunately, because I've not got the spreadsheet with me, I can't... Oh, no, I've got pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Rob photographs everything. That puts him... Oh! oh. That puts him 0.01 behind Thrax. Oh! So he's not technically the highest scoring emperor of the crisis. No. No, but it's still a very respectable score. Mm. He scores higher than Titus... Higher than Nero. Yeah. So it's fairly respectable. Even higher than Claudius. Really? Yeah. Oh. So well done, Valerian. You may have got captured, but a not bad score. Definitely the best we've seen for quite some time. Yeah. And as you seem surprised, I said we're going to hit rock bottom soon, but we'll start seeing some contenders. Mm. I think maybe we've got something to discuss this yeah, time. Yeah, we do. Let's go for it. Do they have a certain je ne sais You go first. I'm... I'm actually feeling this one a little bit. I'm feeling it a little bit. I'm not fully convinced. I'm going to tell you that now. That's fine. I I think you need to convince me if you want to give it to them. But I am convincible. See, my argument is a bit like the success one. Considering what was going on, he held the Empire together for seven years as it was being bombarded from every angle and during a plague. It was getting decimated. How it ended up, it couldn't have ended it any other way, could it? His army was plague-ridden. It was an inevitability. But he held it together. He was fighting back. He pushed back Sharpor for a bit. 
yeah. against the entire might of the Persian army, even though it was still crumbling. He's holding it together. He slowed this crisis down. He did slow it down, I'll give you that. He didn't stop it, but he couldn't have stopped it at this point. That's not possible. He could have put Augustus in his position, and it wouldn't have worked. Or even oh, Trajan. No, there's Trajan, no, there's no Augustus one. wouldn't have had hope. If, if he was, however, might oh, have... Oh, he, he just looked at Sharpour <laughs> and he ran away. <laughs> just just um, sat opposite to Sharpour and raised one eyebrow. And my, my view is, if, if, if Augustus or Trajan had been the emperor this time, we wouldn't have, we'd be having this conversation as well. I was probably saying the same thing. I'm agreeing with everything you're saying. My hesitation, unfortunately, comes from knowing what happens next. But that's that's that's. Just think of him as a person on his own. Don't. So, what happens in the future is relevant. Now. Yeah, I'm judging th- him. I think, I think your vote should have it on this because I'm judging it with bias. I know what happens next, so yeah. I'm comparing him to emperors that do not exist yet. No. Whereas really, we should only be comparing him to what's mm. happened so far, which yeah. only you can do properly. And considering so what was going on, I'm fairly on the fence with this one. I'll let you call this one. Really? Yeah. Then I think you should have it. Is he going to have it? I think he should. We're going to give Valerian. Yeah. The one man who gets captured alive. There is that as well. I and mean, that. Yeah. And he gets turned into a coat hanger. Yes, yes. And a hat stand. So that's, that's impressive. And let's not forget, Jenny Cesar is not how successful you are. That's success as Ultimus. Mm. It's, is he worth remembering? Yeah. And yes, he is. He got turned into a hat stand. Mm. Okay, I'm going to go for it. The yes. drought is finally over. <sighs> go and get those poppers. Oh, it has been a seriously long time. It's the Prax. Prax was the last one. Really? Wow. Our drought has been nine emperors with no genesis. That's mental. No wonder the world's in crisis. <laughs> but maybe things are starting to turn a corner. Well done, Valerian. Hey! hey. Oh, still smoking. Yeah, it didn't get burnt. No. Nope. <laughs> getting better at this. Yeah. No, no third degree cleanses to this week. <laughs> No. Well, well done, Valerian. Question now, however, is how does his son match up? Hmm. Do you think he's going to fill the boots of his father? Is he going to be a bit of a letdown? Well, he's just had all the the, the Franks invade Gaul, hasn't he? And they're they're yeah. worried about losing the West now because of Britain. Yeah. And yeah, Spain as well. Yeah. So it's not looking good. It's definitely not looking good. The the rock bottom part is literally right now. It's okay. With Valerian's capture and death. Okay. And also what's going on mm. in the West, which I've not covered this week, no. but you'll see next week. This is like the ending of an episode of Lost, isn't it? Yeah. It's like how how does Rome recover us? But good news from here. It's uh, all sort of <laughs> uphill with a few bumps. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. That's good. So. Join us next week for that, for our New Year's Eve special episode. Yes. Yes, so I'll have to do something special for that. Maybe you can imagine Gallienus just drunkenly at a party for that whole episode. Or we could drink all the way through it. Yes, we could. Oh, we could record on New Year's Eve. No, but then we can't send out. We could pretend it's New Year's Eve. That's true. Yeah. Have some music playing in the background, blaring, and get horrendously drunk. Yeah. And, uh record the episode yeah sounds good so look forward to that <laughs> thank you to the Rex Factor as well um, great podcast and, and thank you to the Roman and Byzantine History Group on Facebook as well also recommendation I'm listening to Saga Thing at the moment yeah. which is a really good podcast good all about the Icelandic sagas but they were also inspired by Rex Factor so have a similar format to oh, us brilliant. Uh, where they rate using categories of different yeah. Icelandic sagas. I've never really been into uh, Icelandic sagas. No. However, I'm still thoroughly enjoying the podcast. Oh, so good. go and listen to that um, if, you've, if you're looking for something else to listen yeah. to. I've been listening to the History of England podcast. That's been quite good. Oh, have you? As well. Nice. Yeah. Good. So right. check that out as well. Right. And uh, sign off today. We should do another Christmas one, couldn't we? We could do another. It is Christmas Eve. Um, I've been naughty... I've been nice. <laughs> Sounds vaguely sexual. <laughs> Goodbye. Um, bye. <laughs> Don't leave me alone. <laughs>
I'm fine, thank you, O King of Kings. And? And, um, Conqueror of Conquerors. And? Uh, come on now. Um, Commander of Commanderers? That works, that works. And what can I do for you? I'm the taxidermist, you ordered, sir. <gasps> yes, your hat stand is ready. Oh, fantastic, let me have a look. Yes, well, here you go, let me... There we go. Wow. Yes, it's... Uh, Glorious. We've buffed him up to quite a shine, as you can see. I can, yes, I can see my face on his behind. It looks marvellous. Yes, and unfortunately we had a problem with the eyes. They shriveled up. Oh, did they drop out? Yes, unfortunately so. So we've got these replaceable ones. Olives for now. But, okay. uh, pop whatever you want in there, really. Oh, fantastic. That's where I can keep my cane. <laughs> yes. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, so we've um, provided you with several points to place your hat. You've got the obvious here. Then we've got to the left, to the right, and we've got the lower hanger. Uh, oh, I see. Valerian disease. <laughs> really does sound like Oh, that case, Valerian. I'm all itchy. It's oozing.